The views, opinions, and accounts expressed on Card Wars are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect the Extra Points Podcast Network. Welcome to Card Wars. Here are your hosts, Paul LaDuca and Caleb Keller. Oh, yes, indeed. We are back. I am Caleb and he is Paul. And we are spending Cousin Sal's money on some sports cards. And on today's show, we are, of course, going to talk about our new inventory, including our pickup of the week, which we're both very excited about. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about potentially a new gold mine of a fresh, brand new grading company and the NFL draft. We've already made all the picks. Mr. Irrelevant has been drafted, and we're going to prospect forward for the cards leading up into next season. So, Paulie, man, I'm going to leave it up to you for where we start today's episode. I just want to start with today's episode. We've had poll questions on what's the better pickup. I want to go with what's the better pitcher pre-draft, Tom Brady or Mac Jones with a cigar in his mouth? What was a better pitcher before the draft? <laughs> I would des- I would describe Mac Jones. I remember I remember Bill Simmons described Paul Pierce's this one time. He he mentioned his physique was doughy. <laughs> That's not actually a good thing, right? But I mean, I guess there's upside there with Mac Jones, and maybe there's some abs in there. But you know what, Bartolo Colon, I'll never forget. Maybe told me the best line I've ever heard in a clubhouse. 2002, I was over in Japan playing in an all-star series and everybody was taking off their shirts and they were all ripped and this and that and that. And I remember him looking at another player um, and saying, see, you're always hurt. And he looked at Bartolo and he said, yeah, you're always fat. And Bartolo goes, yeah, you know why? I can't pull fat. That's why I'm always healthy and you're always on the DL. So that was one of the best lines I ever heard. You cannot pull fat. So, hey, Mac Jones, probably stay healthy. Well, let's we'll start with the NFL draft, right? Let's go right to the top here, Paul. And look, you got to give Urban Meyer credit for the fact that he kind of waited it out. I mean, this is this is what Urban Meyer's done. He left Florida, you know, after two national championships. He waited it out until Jim Trestle left and he could go back to his home state Buckeyes. And then he retired. He's like Jay-Z. You know, he retires, which means that he's just taking a break for a little bit. So mm-hmm. he passed up on opportunities, including the Dallas Football Cowboys. But now he sees fit that he'll take the Jaguars – He'll take the number one pick in, in Trevor Lawrence, plus his running mate and Travis Etienne, both in the first round. So, mm-hmm. you know, Urban Meyer waited this thing out until he could get Clemson's backfield to start in the NFL. And here we are with Sunshine, who has been listed as a John Elway, Andrew Luck type first overall pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Generational, like like Mel Kuyper and a lot of guys said he's been up on, um, been sort of scouted in the lures of, of Elway. I want to say that, Kuiper said Elway, Andrew Luck, then him, or Elway, him, Andrew Luck, somewhere in that area that he's been scouting talent-wise. And you're right, you get ETN, and you already had a uh, undrafted running back that had a phenomenal season. I think their defense is getting better and better. And you're right, when you got a guy like Urban Meyer, um, who's won at so many different programs, I think we forget also, too, um, he went undefeated at the University of Utah when Alex Smith was his quarterback. So, Caleb, when you, just, you hit the nail on the head. When you win that many games, there's a lot of upside. Now, when we come to the card world, is Trevor Lawrence already going to be priced? When his cards come out, are they already going to be overpriced before he throws a pass where there's other values on the other guys that got drafted? You know, I could see him being double 
the second and the third overall pick and mm-hmm. Justin Fields. So I, I see him, you know, a- almost doubling their prices. And then when you think about it, there has never really been a collectible Jacksonville Jaguar. They got cool jerseys, which I think plays into something. But, you know, when they drafted Bortles, nobody was collecting Bortles. I you think the only, to- I would say the only one probably Mark Burnell at the time, because they were, they got close. I want to say they got to an AFC championship game. Um, he might have been the only one, Caleb, but you're probably right, right? Uh, you know, Byron Leftwich was a, was a good QB. Uh, MJD, Maurice Jones-Drew, he was a, a fantasy yeah. lord for a couple of seasons. I guess, but- I guess, I guess Fournette, when he got drafted, people probably, but he was not, a, I mean, obviously a stalwart there, but I'm, I'm sure he got collected, but you're right. I can't, I can't remember collecting a Jacksonville Jaguar. Yeah, I think one thing about uh, a, a young QB who comes in who's stud city but plays for a bad team, in my mind, we've seen it the last two seasons. You get a little bit of a honeymoon period that first mm-hmm. year because Kyler Murray, well, they won like five games, but he was the boom in that year's draft. But then the second year, you're paying so much for these prisms and these PSA 10s that you, you now want to be elevated to a playoff team, which th- that's not happening nope. for the Cardinals. By the way, they won eight games mm-hmm. in, in a tough season, but his cards somewhat, somewhat dip. You look at Justin Herbert. As good as Justin Herbert was, I think that he's got a chance to dip because some of his cards are three times as much as a Joe Burrow. So yeah. we're not we're not worried about team success the first year, but the second year, once we're paying the this key. big money, we want the success. Yeah, and I think a lot has to do with it in the new NFL and what we, we've been dealing with is that rookie quarterbacks, like, like a Justin Herbert, um, let it fly, let it go. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of people, he, he surprised a lot of people that he can throw the deep ball as well as he can. He, 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 he could, you know, Kyler Murray comes out his first year. People didn't realize, Oh, wait a second. His size really is not going to hurt him. He can run around a little bit, but what happened to Kyler at the end of the year? He, a lot of people forget he, he didn't play the last half of the, of the, the final game when they were trying to get in the playoffs and he played hurt the last three or four, his legs, um, I want to say his right leg was banged up. So he wasn't healthy towards the ends of last year. I think that's why he dipped. But they also play – it's not – you make a good point. It's not bad to play for a bad team uh, to be a stud quarterback at Southern Rise like a Herbert because you're behind a lot, right? So you, hmm. you're you're going to put up stats. And stats drive numbers when it comes to cards. And, and Justin had a monster season. He was rookie of the year. And it's going to be very, very interesting – who the favorite is. I think they already put out that Lawrence is the favorite for the rookie of the year. So um, who's to say um, there's some other guys that, that could put up some big numbers too, but I think a lot has to do with first year quarterbacks. I think coordinators and coaches are like, you know what, let's let these kids learn on the fly. There's no expectations. Most of them are going to be playing for teams that are not going to probably be in the playoffs. Let's let them go. Um, Besides maybe Trey Lance in San Francisco, we'll see how that plays out with Jimmy G but I think this, they get to put up their stats, and I'm with you on Herbert. I, I get it. He might be generational, and but is he really going to put up the same numbers in his second year? And I think his cards will dip, like you said. Oh, that is the one overused phrase this time of year. You cannot have three generational talents in one draft, right? I mean, this gets overused so much, right? generational talent. We, can we put that to bed for a while? But I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, like, listen, one guy can't be Brett Favre. One guy can't be John Elway. Trey Lancer saying could be this, this and that. I mean, Josh Fields ran a four almost a four three forty, four four forty, and he, 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 you know, what's going to happen to him? He could be a legend in Chicago. There's so many different ways you can go here. How about the second pick in the draft, the kid from BYU, Zach Wilson? To me, mm-hmm. it almost seems like his 
rolling to the left, but throwing to the right 60 yard pass on pro day, they got, you know, played over and over on sports center, almost got him up to that, to that mark. You know, nobody has any faith in the jets. I do think that their new coach Sala is going to bring something to the table from the 49ers, but he was a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Zach Wilson for being the number two overall pick and, and a draft full of quarterbacks seemed to the, to the larger public, like an unpopular pick. Yeah, it's an unpopular pick, but I think it's in the car world. It, it, it's wow. It's playing the lotto, Caleb, because he's electric. He's got a cannon of an arm. Reminds me a lot of Favre in in that he's he's actually bigger. I don't know if he's bigger, but he's he's bigger than you than he plays and then he looks on the field. Got a cannon for an arm, like you said, and he brings that excitement factor that you just you you didn't get with Darno. He he actually is very mobile too as well. So um they got some pieces here and there that's the problem but if he's able to take off and bring excitement and and remember the days of Favre running down the field and that in New York um that could be giant in in the car world and and supposedly I mean a lot of people have said that I mean he does have the best arm out of all those guys in the draft. And like you said, that pass that he made, and he's made some unbelievable throws. You worry is, is the competition that he faced at BYU. I'm not saying that Brigham Young is a terrible university, but they didn't play much this year. And he had a monster year and he sort of just broke out, you know, he was sort of unknown till this year, but um, that's my worry where Trevor Lawrence has been in the trenches and a lot of these other guys have too. So after New York takes Zach Wilson from BYU, here come the San Francisco 49ers with Kyle Shanahan, who I believe is the most talented young offensive play caller in all of the NFL. This guy drew up plays for the Falcons who nearly beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. (laughs) And also everybody looks at Sean McVay as the top young, smart offensive coach, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with, but he can't beat Kyle Shanahan when these guys Mm -hmm. match up, even when the 49ers have a backup QB, the 49ers consistently are beating the Rams and they leverage multiple first round picks in the future including a handful of picks this year to get to number three. And I love the fact that they bluff the NFL by telling everybody we're trading up and we're going to get the Alabama quarterback, Mac Jones. When in my mind, they knew all along that they wanted to get Trey Lance. This is a guy that two years ago didn't throw one interception, 15 game winning streak. We've already seen Carson Wentz come out of this college and for them to have so much smarts on the offensive side of the ball and leverage a four year future on this guy, not saying that he's going to play week one. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fact that the Lance comes in for this crew, I think that he might be the sleeper of the top-tier quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I think he is, definitely. And in Shanahan, they played great poker with this. They kept Jimmy G. You understand this kid only played one game, so you know he hasn't played full contact for probably about a year, Trey. But you watch some of the film on it, and I understand it was the lower division, but he was running over guys. And in the days of just you, you need a mobile quarterback. And I, I like that they kept Jimmy G, too. Um, they made it to the Super Bowl with him. He just got us. He has to stay healthy and he can learn in the system too, as well behind him. They got to a Super Bowl. Like I said, with Jimmy, did he play well in it? No, but he got him there. And like I said, I was just saying earlier, like, I mean, Kyle Shannon with all the injuries, Brandon Ayuk was out. He went almost eight and eight with, with Nick Mullins and, and guys you even heard of that were the quarterback. Um, and also you got, I'm a Phoenix Cardinal fan or Arizona Cardinal fan. Um, Cliff Kingsbury is the worst coach in, in the division. I mean, let's be honest. You got McVeigh, you got Shedan, and Kingsbury, he might not have his job after week eight. So I think it's a great pick. And it, it might be the great pick for card wise because he probably won't start week one unless something happens to Garoppolo, um, you know, unless he's hurt or not. 
and he'll probably be a little bit low man on the totem pole, and you might have to sit on him a little bit. But I'm with you on Shanahan's mind. I think he's going to exceed uh, big time. His, his ceiling's probably the highest to me out of other guys in the draft. All right, let's hit the, the final QB here of the top tier ones. And, you know, this is, this is a QB game when we're talking about sports cards and, and football. And, you know, for Justin Fields, it seems almost unfair. You know, when, when COVID basically was going to wipe out the Big Ten football slate for the season, before that even happened, your other top first-round picks, Micah Parsons, he pulled out from the season. Rashad Bateman for Minnesota, first-round pick, he pulled out. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the one that had the highest stock, Justin Fields, puts out a petition, which gets 300-something thousand-plus signatures, and all of a sudden, they start cooking up the idea that the Big Ten can play, then he runs the table, then he crushes Clemson, has the game of his life, and and then he falls down to the fourth QB at number 11. Seems somewhat unfair, but he lands with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I I don't get it, right? I mean, after that game, oh, wait a second. Right after that game, everybody was saying, wait a second, who are you going to take first? Lawrence or Fields now? Lawrence or Fields? And it does seem a little bit unfair for Justin. And I didn't think he had a bad pro day. The kid almost ran a 4-3, ran like a 4-4-40. But he lands with the Bears. You could tell he wasn't really happy. And you know what, Caleb? In the history of the the NFL draft, those guys fall down a little bit and have that chip on their shoulder. Uh, They they, they tend to succeed. And he has that maybe – to me, Justin has that Chicago mentality, that toughness in him, you know what I mean? Um, He's able to brush things aside. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. We're, We're talking about the Chicago Bears. Jim McMahon, who was an average, maybe even below average quarterback, is revered there because they won uh, a Super Bowl because of the Super Bowl shuffle, maybe one of the best defenses of all time. Um, They've been begging for somebody to walk into that locker room um, that's better than Jay Cutler. Let's put it that way. That's probably been their best quarterback in a long time. Later on in the draft, you know, I guess Travis Etienne, I thought was interesting as a running back. There's just really not a market for a running back. You want to believe that there is, but there, there's yeah. really kind of not in terms of the hobby scope. So I'm looking at these 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 wide receivers, these running backs, and none of them, you know, if Odell, even at his height, is not really hitting at a big number, or Julio Jones, you know, this is a quarterback game. I mean, you can't overthink the football market. You can't. You can't. I'll, and, and you and I, we've discussed – this a little bit. Let me ask you a quick question with Teddy Bridgewater. Would you go back in the waters and maybe get some of his cards at a cheap price? Lands in Denver. Cortland Sutton, out last year. Monster talent. Noah Fant, monster tight end. Uh, <clears throat> they got some good weapons. Um, Jerry Judy. Um, all right, he, you know, struggled a tiny bit in, in his first year, but his route running is unbelievable. They got unbelievable weapons where they can put up some huge numbers. If you look, Drew Locke put up a couple games where he went off, but he's just turnover prone where Teddy isn't. So I think if he wins that job there, he could put up some monster numbers, but would there be value at all there? You know, I stacked up on a lot of Teddy Bridgewaters for my star stock account last year. And they, they didn't really sell as, as well as I was hoping Panthers weren't great. Plus, you know, McCaffrey was out, but I'll say this, if Teddy Bridgewater does go under center, I would rather go on Cousin Sal's against all odds and take him against the spread than maybe his cards because he was, I think he, they had a stat, he was like 26 and seven against the spread to start That's his crazy. career for the first 30 something game. So I think that he's very tough. I think that he overplays the expectations, but he hasn't really been put in a situation yet where he could be, mm-hmm. you know, a viable hobby player. He's always a backup or then he goes to a bad team that's rebooting or now he's, you know, in a backup role again to Drew Locke. I don't think they've totally 
given up on, but I am a huge fan of Teddy growing up right here in Louisville. And I think that if you bet him, if he does make the field, it's a great bet. One of the best mm-hmm. bets of all quarterbacks, but the hobby, the hobby traction just hasn't caught yet. Yeah. Okay. I can understand saying guys are that, that far. Yeah. And you're right. He'd have to have put up a monster year. They'd have to make the playoffs. So I get where you're going. I just think him as an option, I think the, the, the Denver Broncos are going to be better. So um, if you're in the gambling world, I think the, uh, the, the, the Broncos over wins this year. I think they got a big shot to win over the amount of wins. And I think they're at six or six and a half, somewhere in that area. All right. So you mentioned options and for the card industry right now, we basically have what feels like no options, the no great options. cards, um, Beckett and PSA are on, on a year backup. Now PSA just halted any, uh, any submissions, unless you're going to pay for the super expensive, you know, two to five day turnaround. But me and you were stewing over this inventory that we have and also the possibility of growing our investments. And there is a new grading company that me and you have been researching this week. And I think there's a chance we could take advantage of it. It's called HGA, the hybrid grading approach, brand new. The slabs look incredible. You can color coat the slab. They use laser scanning technology. You know, they've been talking about using this uh, AI or whatever you want to talk about it to not have a grader be subjective, but to just bring in a high resolution scan of the cards. And I've been looking at these cards coming back. They look great. There haven't been many that hit the market. And the ones that have with the right player and the right grade, Paul, they've been doing pretty well on eBay. And one of the big key sticking points, when you go to this website, the first thing it says, HGA, where 10 days means 10 days, mm-hmm. taking a little shot at PSA. And they yeah. also they also cap how many submissions they can have per week to make sure they can keep on hitting. So Guys have submitted for 10 days. They come back in seven days. Yes. The slabs look great. They're selling pretty well, and nobody knows about them. Yeah. If you get a chance, go to hga.com, and then just look at images. You don't even have to go on the website, and you can see some of the slabs. The first one you'll see, you'll see a Zion. That's that's It's insane. But the Burrow, there's a Joe Burrow, and you can see the slab. You can make the slab have, like, the same color, obviously, as the Bengals, and it's fire. It it looks fire. I mean, the their slabs are unbelievable, and um, you can make it any color you want. You can put pink, you can put whatever, um, and it shows you on the website. And I like how they limit how many cards you can send in. So now the regular people that just want to send in, you know, their regular ten cards, and not somebody that's jumbo collection that wants to send in five hundred. Hey, sending them in a little bit at a time so we can accommodate everybody in the industry. But yeah, their slabs are unbelievable, and when you look at the comps that have been sold. Over the uh, the internet, they're pretty pretty close, and they've passed some of the old older grading companies. And you and I always talk about how the card looks. This even enhances the card even more. I mean, that Joe Burrow is just nice to look at. It's just beautiful to look at. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great company that's up and coming. Um, and so far the stuff that has been sold uh, on the internet has been, been okay. I mean, people are trusting the grading. All right. Nice try on that website. Let me give them the correct one. It's hybridgrading.com. I think HGA is going to take you to some business warehouse, but hybrid oh, grading.com. Yeah, hybridgrading.com. If you just look at the images though, just check out that Joe Burrow, bro. So I've, nice. I've got one in the queue coming up here on our pickups this week. But look, here's what I found about the eBay sold for HGA. The, the players that were really sticking out, there was two. You mentioned Joe Burrow and then LaMelo Ball. And I thought about it. It does make sense because those are ultra, ultra modern rookies that just came out mm-hmm. this year. 
And those players don't have basically any cards in slabs. There's no BGS LaMelo. There's no PSA Jober. There might be one or two that, that somebody expressed and paid a ton of money for, but there, there's no inventory out there. Yeah. So I looked at the LaMelo, Paul. We went to the Knights of Columbus. What was, yeah. the, what was the LaMelo Donners going for? They were going, I remember the first kid wanted 35 and the next kid wanted 20. They were all within like $25 to $30, somewhere in that area. Yeah. Exactly. So about $30. So there's been two. HGA nine and a halfs with the nice turquoise with the hornets up there at the top looks great. Two nine and a halfs. They went for one seventy five and one eighty nine. I mean, that's th- crazy. And those are easy to grade. Those donors yeah. are very easy to grade. So that markup right there is what led me to to jump on eBay this week, and I ended up with ten of the Lamellos. It ended up right around three hundred, give or take. But you know, you go thirty for the card, thirty five for the grading if you can get it back. You got sixty five seventy in and. You get over a hundred dollars profit if it just grades out a nine and a half. That is tremendous math. So, did you say are you going to submit them away? We're planning on it, baby. We we got to figure this thing out. We got up until the nationals. We're gonna yes. get we're gonna get the June first decision on whether or not they're going to stay on track for the nationals. But I'm I'm really excited that this is the chance to puff up our inventory and really add mm-hmm. a huge value. Well, yeah, and here's the other part. Like, well, so much coming out now. You got the. Uh, blue refractors. You got the pink refractors. You got this, you got that. I've seen a couple cards. There was one card on there that I saw. I want to say, I forget who it was, but it was a pink refractor. So they did the slab pink and it just made the refractor inside look even better. It's crazy. The Zion, I, I want to say it was a blue um, that they have up that you see the image. And then the blue to the outside of it just enhances the card. It, it really is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And check out the website. It's, it, it's, I've thought about uh, submitting something like your refractor cards and some of those kind of stuff and the prism cards that are just so colorful anyway, the slabs just sort of, it's almost like a picture frame that makes the card stick out. So um, yeah, you're going to sneak away and, and, and get those uh, graded by, by them and then sell them before, the, before, or are you going to bring them to the, to the nationals? If the nationals happens, you now, still bring them to the nationals, of course. And we got to get, we got to get your LeBron cracked ice into a, yes. a, a HGA Ooh. slab. We got to get the, would we got to get would you, the Embiid. Go the purple, you go cracked on, then you tell me you go cracked with the purple and the uh, orange, I guess. So I watched, I watched a couple of reveals. There's not many, cause this is a brand new company, but a couple of reveals on YouTube. And this is what they said. And you were basically mentioning it. One guy had a Lamar Jackson, but it was a red parallel, but he got the, he got the slab in purple. And when he got it, he wished he would have got it in red. So mostly you're trying to match up the team Jersey color, mm-hmm. but if, you actually want to get it matched to the color of the parallel. Parallel, yeah, of course, because the parallel just turns out unbelievable. It really does. It, it enhances it. Um, if it's a regular base card, like you're saying, like the Lamellos, then you go with the team colors with the turquoise and all that kind of stuff, and it looks amazing, yeah. I just think they're doing it the right way because what, what the, actually what they're not doing right now, which is why, Paul, me and you have this opportunity leading up to the Nationals, I think this is going to take off. Okay, so let's look at the third grading company. It's SGC. Now, they've been around for a while. They revamped their slabs. They made it into a black slab, which they call it putting it in your tuxedo. And, but here's the thing. They had this charismatic CEO who comes on, and he did the media rounds, and he got everybody fired up, and we're going to grade easy, and we're going to get them back to you quick, and this and that. And then meanwhile, it's like they went from having 12 boxes on their doorstep one day to having like 437, mm-hmm. and then they couldn't stand the volume. So SGC, the potential third grading company, they did a great media rounds, but they didn't have the infrastructure to back it up. These guys, I feel like, have the infrastructure to back it up. But, you know, where's their Twitter? Where's their Instagram? <laughs> what podcasts are they going on right now? So that's why there's the opportunity. 
I don't know. I've been searching everywhere. Uh, I, I hopefully they're going to listen to this podcast. And um, yeah, I've been I've been looking everywhere. Uh, they they've been on the down low, and I think that's why they're succeeding. They're not like they know what's going on. People will find them because you make a great point. You know, when PSA people have cards at PSA, they don't even know when they're going to get them back. They honestly have no clue. I've had so many people. Same with Beckett. Um, that they have no clue when they're going back. Now they're halting this and that. Um, and I know my brother sent in like 10 cards and, and then they said they halted. He's like, okay, sent an email, hasn't got an email back. Doesn't even know when he's going to get his stuff back. So when you have inventory and that's your inventory and basically that's your money and someone's holding it and you don't really know when you're going to get it back, it's frustrating. And so now you got a company, a new company that's coming out with colorful new ideas and to me, from what I've seen, the grading's pretty solid. Like when you look at some of those um, other grading companies besides Beckett, PSA, and HEA, to me, you get you get some grades that are a little sketchy. From what I've seen, they they do a very very good job. I think it's a good point that you said that people will find them. They actually have a queue when you go to submissions, and the, the bar gets lower and lower because once they reach their quota for cards that week, then you can't submit anymore. You can't submit so, anymore, yeah. And people are finding it enough where they're already, you know, meeting their quota each week and they're taking the proper approach. But I'm just, I'm excited to have a new player into the game. You know, PSA, PSA is always going to be a stalwart, but at the same time, a 10 day at PSA, these guys were saying it's been taking like 70 business days and you're paying huge for a 10 day. So 10 turns into 70. Whereas meanwhile, HGA, the 10 was like seven days. We're talking like a 10th of the time. And I'm interested to see how PSA moves forward. I wonder if, I don't think it'll lose any traction in their business by halting for three months, but still they've quadrupled the price just a year and a half ago, the lowest economy you could get it done for $8. Now the lowest economy is 30. You've quadrupled the price. You've held everybody's cards for a year. Mm. You bought new management and took it off the public market. And now you halted grading yeah. for three months. So they're going to be the king, I, I know, for years to come. But this is the shining moment and light for somebody like this new grading company to come in here and be a player. Yeah, you make a good point. So you have cards, like you were saying, like LaMelo Ball. Perfect example, $25, $30 card. Why would you send it into PSA right now for $30 to get it graded? Um, and it might come back an eight and it's going to take you forever to get it back. Like, um, so those kind of cards are left out of the grading system. You know what I mean? And let's be honest. PSA is turning it into, okay, you have to send us a card that's maybe over 200 to $300 for us, for your, for my worthwhile to be graded. I mean, let's be honest. Like if I wanted to grade like a Larry Walker 90 leaf right now, it'd be worth, it'd be worth more than the card to grade it. So that needs to be fixed. And that, that needs to be, that, that can't happen here. Larry Walker's going into the hall of fame. And if you find a card graded, you probably be able to get it for like $150 somewhere in that area. It's probably worth it because it will probably, if you want an express grading, it costs you $150. It's crazy. So like that's where it needs to be figured out. And like you're saying, I, I get it. The price has gone up because of demand that always happens, but it, it, it's getting a little bit out of control. Right, let's get to our weekly pickups. And I okay. made up a little ground. I, I spent a little bit more money than you this week. You're up in New York covering the uh, the Kentucky Derby from, from your post there at Belmont. And we both had a busy week, but didn't prevent me from grabbing Tim Lamello Donruss, as I, I mentioned, about, about 30 a pop. So that was $300. I grabbed a Trey Young PSA 10. What? Essentials rookie. Yeah, right? See, here's the thing. is, is you, you hide all this stuff from me. You, you like... Get, 
We talk to each other, this and that, and then you always hide these ones. Dude, I'm wearing, look at my shirt right now. I'm just being happy right now. Happy thoughts, okay? Happy yeah. thoughts with Bob Ross, and you're dropping Trey Young on me. Go ahead. Now, the podcast listeners, of course, cannot see your shirt, but I can tell you that Bob Ross does not make any mistakes. They're just happy accidents. <laughs> but, okay, so the Trey Young, how about this, Paul? What, what do you think I paid for my PSA 10 Trey Young rookie card? Wait a second. I think you might have told me this. Did you get it for under 100 Eight Out the door, $85.32. And here's why. Essentials, it's looked at coming out of a cheap product called Chronicles. But I'm telling you, you got to look at this card. This card is phenomenal. Essentials is one of my favorite subsets out of Chronicles. But people just say, ah, it's Chronicles. It's a cheap set. No. Wait till you see this bad boy in the slab for under 100 bucks. And I've had my eyes on that one for a while. So 85 I thought that was great. I got a Joe Burrow die cut, orange and black. Yeah, I saw that one. You showed me that one, I think. Hoping to get that one to HGA and an orange and black. And I got one more, which I'm going to have for my pickup of the week. But I want you to get to your pickup of the week. Well, my pickup of the week was LeBron uh, Skybox USA. I knew he was coming back from his injury, and now he's hurt again. By the way, you're not way ahead of me. I don't know if you've looked at the bottom of, of um, some, you know, lines of Sports Center or Fox where, I mean, FS1, your boy is out for four months, Lewis Robert. I know. He tore his hip flexor. So I know. you can take those cards and maybe use those <laughs> for your Joe Burrow slab, okay? <laughs> um, but pick up of the week was... I brought the LeBron USA. Obviously, Olympics are coming. It's a flare skybox. I got it for two hundred two fifty. I think I was the final price to pay on it. Um, and it's graded nine point five Beckett. Um, and that was my only pickup of the week. Like you said, I was busy, but I was trying to focus. I missed out on a couple other ones. There's a Magic Bird card, and then I had this upper. There's this upper deck card of Bird and Magic on a flip card, mm-hmm. and I like I made an offer on the card. Uh, and then the guy like up up to the price on it. Like I made an offer, he declined the offer. So um, I woke up uh, yesterday morning and like I look back and he raised it up another hundred dollars. I'm like, wait a second, what's going on here? I, I offered you a little bit more. I think it was three hundred ninety nine dollars, um, or best offer. I I offered him three. I think I offered him three fifty. I want to say he declined the offer. Now it's up there for four hundred ninety nine dollars. I'm like, oh wait a second, what happened? And I haven't heard back from him. So that was going to be my pick of the week, but I ended up getting LeBron. um, And then I missed out on a. I had I was outbid. I had a Jimmy Butler Prism, a ten that was going for about eight hundred, and I thought that was an okay price. And it ended up going up for around around eleven hundred. I, I didn't want to pay. Wanted to pay like nine hundred for it because the comps right now are are around twelve to thirteen hundred. But I think when they get to the playoffs, it can get up to about fifteen hundred. But I, I missed out on that one. Yeah, that's a great looking LeBron, the two thousand four Fleer you got, and uh, what was it two hundred two something to close at two hundred two fifty. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking here online. These are these are asking prices, but three seventy five, four hundred, three hundred you know, uh, 400. So I think you got a nice deal on that. And there's not many LeBrons in the USA. And I, I also bought two of those cards raw last year and I was fairly happy with the condition. Uh, they were probably like eights. So yeah. that, that's a tough, that the way that they cut those paper fleers in 0304, that's a pretty sharp nine and a half. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why I got it. And that's the reason why I had to pay the price. And, um, you know, he came back his ankle. He doesn't look good. I'm a little worried to be honest with you. They had a big win um last night but you know hopefully they get in that playoff you know they get in that playoff game they don't need to 
um, and he comes back because he didn't look good. He looked like about 60%. I need him to have a nice playoff. Him and Anthony Davis, because I got a couple of Anthony Davises. You know, I'm, I'm happy that I picked up those Jalen Browns last week because he went for 40, then 39, although Tatum went for 60 that one night. But I think Jalen's starting to ascend a little bit too. Playoff LeBron's a different animal, as we, we learned yeah. last year. So, okay, my pickup of the week, this is a card I've had my eyes on for a while, and I either missed out on an auction here or just just – I was a little bit upset that I didn't get it at the right time. And now, you know what? I bought four of them. So here we are for a lot. It's going to be the Fernando Tatis rookie card tops. Now, it's the update. Again, his true rookie is when he's throwing the ball across the diamond, and it's a horizontal card. But later in the year, they come out with an update, which is a up-and-down card. He's got the lumber in in his hand. And there was a lot of four rainbows, which is basically like a prism silver. What? Four rainbows. And... I ended up uh, cashing that thing in. The final for the four was $249. So they, they end up being $62.50. So to compare that, his rainbow of the true rookie from the same year of him throwing across the diamond, those are going for about $400. Okay. So $62.50 for each of these uh, compared to $400. And I, I think I can sell some people on the Nationals at the fact that, look, this is a better image. You know, him throwing across the diamond, he's the first infielder to have nine errors in the first 15 games so he's not known for his infield skills but i got the one where he's got the bat he's ready to swat the home run you get the rookie card logo it's a tops you got the rainbow finish so i've been looking at this card for a few months there's not many of them out there too and then finally this guy hung up four i had to do some investigating how and why does this guy have four but when i looked at his store he had good stuff he had things in lots of premium and he had nothing really graded so have said, you seen? Have you seen any of them? Have any of those cards been graded? Yeah, yeah the, the tens are going for like three fifty, PSA. Okay, they're not they're not crazy, but I think that as time goes by, they're they're only going to move think up forward. As time goes by, that might be the forgotten Tatis card. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's a sharp play. I mean, like, listen, you sometimes you got to take. You know, everybody always wants the most expensive card, and like you said, the base Donruss, which are cut the best, and you get the best grades end up being sometimes your best investment where you're gambling sometimes with the other other ones. But when you find something that's an off-putting rookie, like I think some of obviously the Derek Jeter, the tops one's going to sell the upper deck. If anybody has the foil, the gold one, those are all going to sell. But I think the unique Derek Jeter ones that people don't have, maybe some of those classics that were cheap, they're going to go for a little bit more money than you think when it comes to the, the, um, the nationals. It's true. I mean, if, the player blows up. Like, let's use the absolute top example, Tom Brady. You know, his, like, the one in the Michigan uniform that I've got, what is that, like an ultra? Or something? I mean, even the, yeah, it's an ultra. The whole, yeah. Yeah, even the horrible brands where he's got sweatpants on and bad images. And one, he's got a dual rookie with, like, Giovanni Carmazzi or something. Like, th- <laughs> those go nuts. So if, if you just get the rookie, now you need to let, let the summer give it five, ten years. But any of those rookies, if, if a player becomes elite in Hall of Fame, you know, oh, the, the LeBron MVP rookie, that thing, you, you could buy the LeBron MVP rookie for probably five bucks, ten bucks. And now look at them. The cheapest rookie card of the best player will blow up in time. No, you're right. It's just the bottom of time. It's the bottom line. As long as it's in good condition, listen, they're selling Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and Jordan and Larry Bird covering each other for a lot of money. All these guys in skybox those were dollar two dollar cards so um it's crazy what the market has done but as long as it's a good looking card and it's fresh 
it's going to sell. It's just the bottom line. I mean, the, I think LaMelo's is a sharp play for you because he's sitting out the rest of the season. Everybody's sort of sleeping on him, and the kid's a superstar. See, I, I actually thought he was out for the season, but he just come back. What, like the other day, I was like, "Well, huh? I thought he was. I thought he was out for the season too. I thought he was out too. Yeah, so, so he, he came back and played the other day. Yeah, I mean, uh, and they're going to have a chance to be playing some playoff games. And the thing about the Donners card, there's a few things that in my time last year of putting together a 2,000 card football inventory for Starstock, it wasn't even close. The Donruss quarterbacks, very simple, ten, seven, twelve, fifteen dollars a pop. Those were the ones that were doing amazing. And you even pointed it out. I think that you've got an eye for cards over the years where you were looking at Tyler Heroes the other day and you kept on coming back to the basic Tyler Hero Donruss. You love the rated rookie. You love the clean white borders. You liked the image with, with the blank back for a rookie photo shoot. So the Don, in my mind, the Donruss white papers are arguably, for the low price, the best investment in sports cards. Yeah, because when you send them away, they're going to come back a nine or a 10. Very rarely are they going to come back a seven or an eight. It's just the bottom line. So like um, they're crisp. Like you said, it doesn't matter. It's a rookie card, base rookie card, some sort of a base rookie card. And you have a great chance of getting a nine and a half, 10, whichever grading company you send it to, because they're cut clean. They're the best cut cards in the game right now. I'm sorry. I mean, they just are. Now, Prism are cut well. You have to worry about the surface. You know that. You don't have to worry about the surfaces with the Donruss. That's why I love the most. And they're basic. Um, and like you said, in the white borders, you don't have really that much trouble. We all know when it becomes black borders, if you can get a 10 in black borders, they're like a white whale. They're really hard to find. I mean, it's just insane. But again, do we really want to go on that merry chase or we want the solid money of the nice cut Donruss cards? So there it is. Pickups of the week, newest inventory. Did we find a new gold mine for a future grading company? And obviously the NFL draft recap. And Paul, we had, we had to take one week off for the horses running a big loop around Louisville there <laughs> for an exciting two minutes, but we're going to get back to our Instagram live this weekend. And I want to show everybody our current inventory. We got the lighting, we got the stands and this weekend on Instagram live, I want to show everybody where we're at here coming up on about the halfway point of the season and uh, bring everybody in to show what cards we've already gotten. Okay, sounds good. You could take your Lewis Roberts and hide those. You don't have to show those. <laughs> yeah, those are going to be for sale in 2023. Those are long-term <laughs> holds. All right, so once again, hope you all enjoyed this episode. We'll be talking to you this weekend and, of course, next week as well. And until the next time, we hope that all your rookie cards are gems. <laughs>